for the word of God today. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6. This morning we are going to go to God's word into the book of Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. For those of you who are new to Christianity, it's at the front, the fourth book. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, okay? And I hope we have people who are new to Christianity, amen? That means we're growing, that means we're doing something right, amen? Aren't you glad for the presence of God in this room and in your life? So awesome. Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, we receive this priestly blessing that was spoken so many years ago. We receive this today. Hallelujah. In April of 2015, we need your blessing. And so, God, we thank you for it. And we receive your blessing today. Speak to us now through your word as we give you praise and honor your name. Praying this in Jesus' name. Come on and just say amen with me. Amen. amen. The earth's population as of 2015 is estimated at 7.2 billion people globally. 320 million of those reside right here in the good old USA. How many proud Americans do I have here today? We're going to celebrate July the 4th coming up. But we live in a really, really awesome country. Um, she's lost her way a little bit. She's gotten sidetracked a little bit. Well, a little bit, maybe a lot. But, um, and she needs God. I'm talking, when I say she, I'm talking about America. She needs God. But we still are blessed to live in America. We are part of the 320 million residing in the U.S., but 7.2 billion people around the world. 7.2 billion people equals 7.2 billion faces. And there are actually no two faces alike. They say even identical twins have subtle differences in their facial features. And at a glance, you may think they look exactly alike, but just talk to mom and dad. They know exactly who is who, and not just because of various attitudes that may develop, but they know early, early on, even in the crib, they know who's who. Anybody parents of identical twins? Any, are you a, an identical twin? No? Henry? Can you tell him apart from anybody else? I think so. Henry's unique, isn't he? Here's a brother who's just coming back into the faith, by the way. Men, get around him and help him. Oh, come on now. Right? Henry will take all the help he can get. But I'm so proud of the steps that we've taken, man. I really am. You're going to the retreat, aren't you? Can you go to the retreat? Man, I want you there. I want to get to know you a little bit better. I'd love to have you there. Let's see if we can work that out. 
Well, here are some famous faces that maybe you can tell me who they are. Here, here's one. Anybody ever heard of this guy? Albert Einstein. Here's another one that you better know. I think you do know. Billy Graham. Anybody ever heard of Billy Graham? Here's a great face. That's right, Ronald Reagan. In my opinion, one of the greatest presidents in modern day history. God give us another Ronald Reagan and even better. Hopefully you're praying about the presidential race even now. Right? I won't, I won't get into the politics. That's fine. How about this? Here's a face that you probably know. Anybody know her? Who is it? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. How many like just a little Aretha every now and then? Come on, you can be honest. How about this face right here? Yeah. Really a world changer. This is Mother Teresa. Changed the world. Here's some faces that maybe aren't so famous, but I still like them. I like this face. <laughs> Mike, you in here still? No, he was here for the whole service. Anyway, here's another couple that uh, they're not here either. I love the Trotters. Here's Stacy and Cheryl. What a blessing they are to the, our church. Here's another face that I love. Robin. She had a name change recently. Maybe you heard about it. Robin Sumpter. Now she's Robin Udell. Yeah. Amen. Now you have to look really closely because this face is incognito, but if you look close enough, you'll see another face that I really love. There's my buddy. That's Byron. Byron has been saved how, how long now? Two years. Byron started coming, I think, just to get his wife off his back originally. I don't know that. I think he came out of curiosity. Keep his face right there. Isn't that nice? No matter, he started coming. Started coming on a Sunday morning. Then the next thing you know, he was coming on a Sunday morning. And then every now and then I'd see him on a Wednesday. Before I knew it, the dude showed up for a Monday night men's ministry meeting. We used to have men's ministry on Monday night. He showed up for a Monday night men's ministry. That's a sign for a pastor. That says something. And I was at the table with Byron. And we began to talk, and I felt prompted to ask him if he'd ever prayed a prayer to ask God to forgive him of his sins and ask Jesus into his life. And so I did. And he said, you know, Pastor Steve, I've been praying a lot of prayers lately, but I don't think I prayed that one. He'd been in the house and been, been offering prayers, but he'd never really prayed to ask Jesus to come into his life. Well, then Pastor Jim started the meeting, and I didn't have a chance to, to say, hey, we can just take care of that right now. He was walking to his car. I chased him. <laughs> I mean, I, I had to hurry to get up to him. We're about halfway between the church and my house, which is on the par back part of the parking lot, about halfway, and I caught up with Byron. I said, hey, you remember that conversation we're having in the room, and you said you hadn't prayed that prayer. Well, you can pray it right here. In fact, I'd love to pray it with you, and I led Byron Wicks to the Lord about two years ago. <laughs> Here's another face that I love. Y'all know who this is? 
that's Reagan. No, that's Reagan Lute. And I understand that today is a very special day for Reagan Lute. So I'm going to ask her to come up to the stage. Reagan! Why is today so special? She's turning. She's no longer in the single digits. This is a landmark birthday. She's 10 years old today. Let's just celebrate this. Let's sing happy birthday to Reagan. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Reagan. Happy birthday. We love you. I want you to stretch your hand toward Reagan. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over her life. Father, we just thank you for this young lady. She is a light in darkness, and she brings joy to all of our hearts. We just pray your blessing on this day, but on this year, and all the years that you have ahead for her. We ask, God, that you would fill her with love and fill her with your Holy Spirit and use her to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Give her another God bless you. Tell her we love her. So I want to just say there is a couple, there are a couple more faces. Um, one face that I want to say I'm so happy to see this morning is the beautiful Valene. Valene Newman. Newman, right back here. Look at her. She's back this morning. Love you, Just sis. beautiful. I'm so glad that you're back. We're, we've missed you. Valene took a fall, and she, she caught herself by her face. You know, that's not the way to catch yourself, but she fell and just, just bruised her face and injured herself and then got pneumonia and here you are in God's house I'm telling you the devil can't take you out no. you know it's just amazing and there's a face that we're missing this morning and I want to um, let the family know yeah. that Joanne Galinda had a mini stroke right yes, she did. and um, last also Sunday. last Sunday and also fell and was in the hospital and now she is um, convalescing in a home but I want to encourage everybody, if you're at all, po if it's at all possible, to go and visit Joanne. Joanne has no other family on the face of this earth except us. It's true. And uh, it would just mean so much if you could uh, take a little bit of time, go see her, hug her, and just let her know that she's not alone through all of this. Great. Yeah. Thank you. There are a few more faces that I want to show you because, well, they're my favorite faces. I love seeing yours, but these are my favorite faces. This one is, is uh, yeah. There's my boy. There's Elliot. I say boy. I can't hardly call him a boy anymore, you know. He's a young man, and I just think, how did that happen? When did that happen? But it has happened. It is happening. And um, I love... I love to see Elliot. I got to spend a few days with him this week. And, um, you know, he's about to finish his internship. And then he's going to land here for a while, figuring out what God has next for him. But if you get a moment, you need to pull him aside, even if it's just for five minutes, 
and you'll probably be amazed at what comes out of his mouth. He's just had such an encounter with God. And I know God is preparing him for something great. And uh, I'm just so proud of him. He's one of the favorite faces that I see. Here's another favorite face of mine. Striking her pose. Butler Ray. Don't, I know. She's like, she's mortified. I mean, look at this face. She has become so beautiful. And I mean, there is the outward beauty, but I just, your inward beauty is what really amazes me the most, Butler. And I, I love seeing your face. You know, your face just brings, makes my heart beat, you know. There's something about seeing, these are some of my favorite faces. Here's another one. Guess who's next? How can you not love this face? Daisy is just a ray of sunshine to us. She brings us joy and, and laughter. You know, she, she's got the humor that's under the radar. You have to, I mean, Elliot's like blatant, right? His is so obvious and, and in your face, and I love it. And Daisy just slips it in. She's kind of like her grandma in that regard. But I love what God is doing in Daisy, too, and I love this face. Here's my favorite human face. My favorite, my favorite human face. You, don't you love that face, Joe? Don't you love that face? Now, now, watch. You may be saying, why is she so excited? Well, you have to look right back here. We're in Paris at the Louvre, and that's the actual Mona Lisa. And so Karen was just, yes, we're here. I love that. It reminds me of a time and a little chapter of our life that uh, is just you and me. And you're the, you're, your face is my favorite human face to see. And I'm blessed because I get to see this face every day. These are some of my favorite faces. <laughs> you can take that one down. <laughs> no, we're going to leave that up for the entire sermon. Not really. What about the face of God? Today I want to talk to you about what I've entitled The Face of God. If you're taking notes, this is the title. What does God look like? Does he look like this? <laughs> Anybody remember Oh God? You're like, well, we don't go to movies, so how would I know that? <laughs> I'm just playing. Maybe a little bit more contemporary. Maybe you think God looks like this. We want to be politically correct, don't we? And, and culturally relevant. Well, I don't think God looks like George Burns or Morgan Freeman. And in fact, this sermon isn't about trying to figure out the facial features of God. However, the scripture clearly mentions God's face. It's verse number 25. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Wow. This suggests a glowing that comes from God's face. Much like a parent's face would shine or beam with good godly pride. Watching your child accomplish something great. How about when your child pleases you like they 
take out the trash without you actually asking them. You could actually be proud about something like that. You ever have a son in Little League? And they crack one out? I don't care who you are, your face is going to beam. You're going to be proud. You're going to be a proud daddy. You're going to be a proud mother. When your child does something that you're just, you're just stoked over this. This is what this is suggesting. The psalmist wanted to please the Lord. And he said in Psalm 119, 135, Make your face shine upon your servant. How many want to please the Lord? I'm his son. Did you know that? I am God's son. I'm actually one of God's favorites. <laughs> you didn't know that? How many other favorites of God are in the room? You feel like you're one of God? I hope so. You should feel like I'm, I'm one of God's favorites. Favorite son right here. Favorite daughter. Favorite sons out here. We want to please God. We should long to please God and make his face shine. Make him smile. That's my girl. That's my daughter. That's my boy. I knew he could do that. I knew she could accomplish this. This is what I'm talking about today. I want you to write this down. What makes God's face shine? I'm asking you this question today in this simple sermon. What makes God's face shine? If we want to please God, if we want his face to shine, then we better figure out what makes his face shine. What would put a smile on the face of God? Well, here's one. Putting God first daily. If we truly love God, and I know you do, then God must be first. Not down the list. As much as Karen is my favorite human face, she can never override and trump God. That's where marriages begin to break down, actually, when we put our spouse ahead of God. That's where families begin to unravel, when family comes before God. God needs to be first in our lives every day. God wants to be first in our lives every day. But we have to put God first every day. How do we practically put God first every day? Well, we think about God every day. Think that God is with you. Just be mindful of this. When you wake in the morning, you need to be thinking about God. As you go throughout your day, your mind needs to be on God. The fact that he is with you and he said he would never leave you and that he's walking with you, he's abiding with you. Think about that. Think about how your words or your actions will please God or possibly disappoint God. If you'll be mindful of that, you'll probably speak differently, more appropriately, 
Your, your conduct will be uh, more pleasing to God. When we're thinking about God, we're apt, more apt to please God and honor God. You want to honor God, don't you? See, listen, church, we can't just be thinking about God on Sunday. We come into God's house and Pastor Moses and the band and the singers, they get us to this place where it's easy to think about God. You're totally thinking about God right now, except for those who are checking your Facebook, but that's another sermon for another day. Somebody said, I'm going to get away. <laughs> you, you focus. It's easy to focus. Pastor Moses helped us focus. But we can't just think about God on Sunday. Come on, church. We got to be thinking about God on Monday. We got to be thinking about God on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. And then we come into the house and we get full of God and we think about Him some more. Every day we've got to think about God. I love Karen. And so I'm just thinking about her. I think about Karen every day. And not just one time every day. I think about Karen throughout my day. There will be decisions that come and I think, I can't wait to, to talk to Karen about this. I had, a, I had a meeting not very long ago and I just saw a, 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 an answer to a situation. I saw a solution to a situation. It almost just floated above this person's head. I'm telling you, it was so powerful. I couldn't wait to close the meeting so I could get on the phone or just go to Karen's office and tell her, I'm just telling you, I'm constantly thinking about Karen. We ought to be doing this to thinking about God. How do we put God first? Well, we start thinking about Him more. How do we put God first every day? We think about Him, we talk about Him. Talk about God. God done anything for anybody? You see, it's a, a natural progression. If you are thinking about God, whatever you think about long enough, it changes positions in your body. Did you know that? If you think about something long enough, it, it kind of decides that you want it to stay. So then it moves down to here, and it unpacks its bag. That's why people get trapped in pornography. They, they, they're thinking about something too long. They don't take captive their thoughts. And then it says, well, I guess he or she. I know more men struggle with it, but still it's an issue. No matter. I guess this person wants this to just be part of their being. So the thought process becomes a pattern and it just takes residence in your heart. If you're thinking about God long enough, it's going to just reside in your heart. And then what comes out of the heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you're thinking about God all day long at breakfast, at lunch, and at dinner time, in the morning, in the noonday, and in the midnight hour, hallelujah, you're just naturally going to want to talk about Him. Talk about his love. Talk about his goodness. Talk about his power to save. Talk about his power to heal and to deliver. Hallelujah. Put God first every day. Think about God. Talk about God and just walk with God. Walk with God. 
You do know that you're housed in God, right? Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's dwelling in us. He longs to dwell in us. And so we should be walking with God every day. And he walks with me, we used to sing. And he walks with me and he talks with me. Hmm, how many remember that? He tells me I am his own. Hallelujah. Walk with God. You know, Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. It became a pattern for him. And then he was not. He was just gone. He walked with God and then God just took him. Put God first every day. Thinking about God. Talking about God. Walking with God. And just longing for God. Longing for God. I have to spend time in your word. I have to spend time in communication with you. I can't go a day without time with God. The psalmist said, as the deer, Psalm 42, 1, as the deer pants or longs for flowing streams of water, so my soul longs for you, oh God. I must have you. To be with you is better than water. Having water for my body. To be with God and, and to be with his presence, to be in his presence is, is better than having food. It's better than oxygen in our lungs, the air that we breathe. We must have God. Do you long for God? How many days do you go without reading his word that it not even bother you? You don't even flinch. You have to have a longing. If you want to be with God, you be in his word. If you want to be with God, you be in his house. Now this is better spoken to the ones who aren't here, but I, they're not here. So you'll have to do. you want to know God and be with God, then you, you spend time in prayer with God. You communicate with Him. This shows God that He is first every day. You want God to be first in your life every day? Then just start thinking about Him more. Think about Him when you get up out of bed. Think about Him throughout your day. That's why I think it's good to pray for your meals. Sometimes it begins to get a little bit routine. But you know, Jesus took the the boy's lunch, right? And he, he, when he broke it, he gave thanks. I believe we ought to give thanks. It's a good reminder just throughout your day that God is the one who provides. We think about God. We talk about God. We're walking with God. We're just longing for God. And he looks down. faith is just flowing. He's, he's just longing for the day when these things start to click for us. Yes, they're finally putting me first. It's awesome. It's what makes God's face shine. Putting God first daily, trusting Him completely. You want God's face to shine? You want to make God smile? Trust Him. Trust God completely. 
Psalm 27, it says some trust in chariots. Others, they trust in horses. But not us. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We're exhorted in, Pro- in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Somebody say all your heart. Trust in God with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. Boy, this, is, this preaches well, but it's tough. It's not easy to do. We are built to want to understand. And things we don't understand, we back off from. We go to something else that we do understand. But God is saying, I want you to trust me in things that you don't understand. And that is a a complete trust in God. So where is your trust? Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. Where, Where is your trust? Where is your trust when trouble comes? Here's a good question. Trust God when trouble comes. I want you to jot that down. Trust God when trouble comes. And trust me, trouble will come. I'm not a a naysayer right here. I'm not preaching gloom and doom to you. I'm telling you the simple truth. Jesus even said in this world you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation, right? We shouldn't be caught off guard when trouble comes. But what, what are we going to trust? In whom are we going to trust? We don't have to go looking for trouble. Trouble already knows our address. Trouble already knows where you live. Trouble knows how to find you. He, trouble knows when you're on vacation. Trouble definitely knows when the Blands go on vacation. We've been blessed lately, but we've had several vacations And I'd like to take a vacation from my trouble, but yet it's like, what about Bob? He finds us. Trouble finds us. (sighs) Trouble will come. When, When trouble comes, who will you trust? A young man was learning to be a paratrooper, and before his first jump, he was given these instructions. Jump when you're told. Count to ten and then pull your ripcord. In the unlikely event your parachute doesn't open, pull the emergency cord. When you get down, there's a truck to pick you up. Four easy instructions given to this young man who's learning to be a paratrooper. So he works and works and works at memorizing these these simple steps. Jump when you're told. Count to ten, then pull the ripcord. In the unlikely event your parachute doesn't open, pull the emergency cord. Go to the truck that will be waiting on you when you land. Easy. He gets into the plane with the other paratroopers. And the plane begins to climb and climb. It climbs to about 10,000 feet. And the paratroopers begin to jump. And they motion to this young man, it's your turn, jump. So he jumped. Step number one that he had memorized, when you're told to jump, jump. He jumped out. Step number two begins to start. And he counts to ten. He gets to ten and he pulls the ripcord. No parachute. Nothing happens. 
So he's remembering what he memorized. Step number three, if your, if your parachute doesn't open, pull the emergency ripcord. He does that, and guess what? Still no parachute. Nothing happens. Oh, great, the young man said, and I suppose the truck won't be there when I land either. Sometimes trouble just comes and it knows where you are, it knows where you live, and my question to you today is, when trouble comes, who are you going to trust? Trust God when trouble comes. Trust God when trials come. I'm not talking about a court trial necessarily, but it certainly works there too. I'm just talking about the difficulty that you might find yourself in right now. The circumstance that you don't really like so well. The trial of life. Who do you trust when the trials come? You see, trials come to test us. The trial that you're in right now is simply a test. Are you going to pass or fail? Oh, don't fail it. You'll end up probably taking the test again. That's just how it works. Many, many times... God is trying to teach us, and he allows the trial to remain. Actually, the trial works as a way of refining us and perfecting us. So when the trial comes, you ought to just thank God anyhow. Because he's working through the trial. And really let God know, I trust you. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. Some trust in man, some trust in their education, some trust in technology, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God Almighty. Do I have anybody here today that will put your complete trust in the Lord today? We trust in God. He's never failed me yet, and he won't start now. God is God. He's always been God, and he'll always be God. And just as he has shown himself strong throughout the characters in the Bible, just as he has shown himself faithful to those who have put their trust in him throughout history, so he will help us today. And no matter the trouble, no matter the trial, you can trust in God. Trust in God completely. And he smiles. Ha, ha, ha. The enemy wanted the trouble and the trial to take you out. No, we're going to trust in God. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know when God's going to do it, but I'm going to trust him. Come on and gently elbow your neighbor and tell him I'm going to trust him. Come on, just nudge somebody, gently tell him I'm going to trust him. Trust him. Trust him. This is a word for somebody right now, right here. Trust in God. Trouble won't take you out. The trial's not taking you out. The temptation's not taking you out. We're going to trust in God. God smiles on us. His face shines on us. What makes God's face shine? Obedience makes God's face shine. Putting God first daily, trusting God completely, obeying God, I put it like this, wholeheartedly. You see, there's a difference. There are really levels of obedience. But delayed obedience, I heard a preacher say, 
really is disobedience. Delayed obedience. When God speaks, we should obey. We should obey with our whole heart. And the two primary ways that God is going to speak, he's going to speak, first of all, by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you, obey his prompting. Has God ever sent a, a postmarked letter to anybody? Anybody get mail from God? I felt God prompting me to go to Bible college way back when. I'm talking way back when now. And I said, okay, God, I, I, I met God at an altar, you know, and I, I cried and I prayed and I, I, I surrendered, you know. And I said, okay, God, I'll, I'll go. But I didn't investigate one Bible college. I just was waiting for God to send me a postcard in the mail. He prompted me to go to Bible college. And then once I sat on my backside long enough, see, then he prompted me again, get off your backside. I don't know how God speaks to you. But he told me, get moving. Start investigating. He just gently prompted me. The Holy Spirit is in us. And he, he wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. But it's up to us if we'll obey. He's trying to lead your decisions. Do you know that? Trying to help you with some of the choices that you're making. It's a prompting. It's a still, small voice. I wouldn't go there. That's not going to please the Father. That's going to possibly do damage to the family. And he's just, just talking, conversing with us. Not shouting at us. I shout at him. You know, I get very fired up. But he's just always gently speaking, encouraging, nudging, convicting. But we can just override that. Our will can override God's will. It happens too often. Let's, let's make a commitment today, church, that we are going to obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit. How many would just say, I'm going to do my best to just obey that still, small voice and that prompting, that nudging, that gentleness as he tries? How many young people will just say, yeah, Pastor, I wanna, I'm going to do my best. Just start fresh. If you've not been able to consistently do this, this is the good news today. You have a, you have a clean slate. I'm trying to help you to obey God. And here's how it starts, just obeying those promptings. Here's another way that God speaks, and I believe it is the primary way that God speaks. It's through his word. And so, in order to obey God, we have to obey his word. How many have your Bible today? Let me see your Bible. Come on and hold up your Bible. Look at all these phones and tablets. And there's even, a, there's even one or two leather-bound edition, editions. <laughs> I like it. I don't really care what Bible you're using right now. It doesn't even matter to me necessarily the version that you're reading. If you like King James, you knock yourself out with King James. If you like New King James, have at it. 
English Standard Version, and the list goes on and on and on. But we have to have the Word of God if we want to know how to live. And He's going to show us how to live. Your Word is a lamp to my feet. It's a, a light to my pathway. He wants to guide us and tell us how to live. But we have a choice whether we will obey His Word or disobey His Word. And when we obey the Word of God... It puts a smile on his face, and his face just shines. Wow. I inspired all of these people at different times in history, God says, to write it, giving them the instruction that they're going to need. And now they're getting it. They're getting it. You're getting it. I love this. Joe, you're getting it, buddy got to just stay in it he's going to lead you he's going to lead you and then he'll help you to lead your family your marriage awesome how many would say yeah pastor i want to do my best to obey god's word afresh and anew in this season obedience pleases god do it quickly do it often here's another something that pleases God and puts a smile on God's face it's praise praising God continuously now I could have I could have preached the whole sermon you know right here you know that you know what's in my heart I mean I love to praise God I love worship I I love when Pastor Moses and the team leads us in this way it's powerful. It's, it, it's just powerful. I've overheard my kids from time to time bragging on me. And it did something for me. It really made me feel good. They're praising, you know, they're praising me. They're bragging on the dad. You know, it just did something for me. We have to keep all that in check, by the way. You don't want any of this to go to your head. But imagine Father God when we start bragging on him. The one that can do what others can't. We start praising and thanking and worshiping. God loves when his children praise him. We praise him in all circumstances, even if you don't like the circumstance that you're in, maybe especially when you don't like the circumstance you're in. You just keep on praising him. You know, it could be worse. There's a man who lived in Budapest, and he went to his rabbi, and he complained. Life is unbearable, he said. There are nine of us living in one room. What do I do? The rabbi answered. He said, well, take your goat into the house with you, into that one room with you. Let that goat live with you in that room for a week. The man was dumbfounded. Tried to talk the rabbi out of it, but the rabbi insisted. No, take your goat in with you for a week. He said, then come and see me in a week. Come back in a week. 
A week later, the man comes back even more distraught than before. He said, we can't stand it. The goat is filthy, and now the room stinks of goat. The rabbi said, go home and let your goat back outside and come back in another week. The man returned a week later. He had a smile on his face. He was shouting, life is beautiful, he said. We enjoy every minute of it now, now that it's just the nine of us and there's no goat in the room. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him it could be worse. You could have a goat in your house. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to God and bless his name. Hallelujah. Church, I want you to hear this today. You have a choice to make. You have a decision to make. You can either praise him or not praise him. But I've decided I'm going to praise God. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, God is still God. He's on my side. He's working for me, and he's going to work it all out. Just praise him. Praise him. Praise him for his ability. He's mighty. He's strong. He's powerful. He's holy. He's able. Come on, somebody. He has ability that no man has, and he is the only one that is God. Any other that says they're God, they're not God. They're just pretenders. Because we know there's only one God, and it's our God, the almighty God, the only living God, the wise God. Praise him for his ability. Praise him for his accomplishments. I want to ask this section right over here. What has God done for you that nobody else could do? What? He healed you. What else has God done for you? He delivered you. My God, he has delivered you. There's a new chapter for you, sis. Hallelujah. God's about to empower you for a new journey. Hallelujah. Get ready. Get ready. What has God done for this section that nobody else could do? Let me hear it. Protection. What else has God done? Set you free. Delivered you. Anybody over here want to tell what God has done and his accomplishments that your mama couldn't do, your daddy couldn't do, your pastor couldn't do? Come on. Tell what God has done. He defies the laws of physics. Come on, somebody. He provided for you. Delivered. How about this section over here? Butler, what has God done for you that your dad couldn't do, your mom couldn't do, your youth pastor couldn't do? He's protected you. Anybody else over here? Gave life, abundant life. Somebody said something back here. Brought you a husband. Woo! You really getting real today, didn't you? Hallelujah. Sue, what has God done for you, sis? Gives you joy. We need to be praising God for what God has done that nobody else could do. He has saved us. He has healed us. He has delivered us. He's provided for us. He's protected us. He's guided us and led us. Come on, somebody, and give God praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. You're not really praising God like he's done anything. I want you to really give God the praise today. 
Come on and dig deep and praise him for a few moments. Praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him. We praise him. A continuous praise. Not just when the breakthrough happens. We praise him for his ability. We praise him for his accomplishments. You might have to praise him in advance. See? Don't wait till the walls come down. Praise him now. Don't wait till he unlocks the prison door. Decide to sing the song while you're still in the prison. <laughs> well, praise him in advance. You want to make God's face shine? Serve him. I'm going to close this out. My last point today is just to serve God with a willing heart. Serve God willingly. Are you willing? We're encouraged to serve the Lord with grumpiness. Wait a minute, that's the message version. No, there it is. Serve the Lord with gladness. A lot of people serving the Lord with grumpiness. That's no good. You just have to be willing. I've got so little really to offer God, but I'm willing. I found that's really what he needed. This has been said to where it's now cliche, but I'm going to say it again. It's not the ability. It's what? The availability. It's really true. If you're willing to be a servant, I want you to stand up on your feet. You're just willing for God to use you. Do you want the face of God to shine? you like to bring a smile to Abba Father? <laughs> I, you got to see that in your head. I'm just going, wow. Those guys are getting it. They're getting it. Stephen, you're getting it, man. I love it. I want to help you to make the face of God shine. Jenny, Jennifer, some new folk coming in. I want you to make God smile. We're here to help you. What makes God smile? Let's just run through them real quick. Putting God first daily, trusting God completely, obeying God wholeheartedly, praising God continuously, and serving God willingly. Throw your hands in the air. Come on, let's just praise Him before we leave. Thank you, Jesus. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yes, Lord. Praises to your name. Oh, Lord. For your name. For your name. Name is great. And greatly to Sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name, oh Lord, for your name 
you're facing a difficulty right now, I especially want to pray with you before we leave. There's a difficult situation that you're in the midst of. Please step into the aisle. Just step into the aisle. Where I'm not calling you forward. But if you're facing a difficult situation right now and you need special prayer, I want you to step into the aisle. Way. Mm. Hallelujah. Let's sing that one more time as the people are responding. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and great. Have some friends standing in the aisle. And I would like you now as the body of Christ, man with man, ladies with ladies, that I would like you to go and pray with this person. They're in a difficult season. Please. Church, I want you to, to go. Don't leave yet. Let me, let me properly dismiss you. We're praying right now for our friends that are facing a difficult time. You don't have to ask them what it is. Don't worry about that. God already knows. I'm just asking you to touch and agree. All they need is a hand on the shoulder. My God. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Where else could we go? We, there's nowhere we can go. There's no other person we could talk to. We come to you. We run to you, and we know it's not over. It's only the beginning of something fresh, something new. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's not over. It's, it's not finished. It's not ending. It's only the beginning when God is in it. Things are new. All things are new. Ooh, ooh. All things are new. Ooh, ooh. All things are new. All things are new. Ooh, say when God is in it, there is no limit. When God is in it, it's not over. It's not over. When God is in it, 
There is no limit when God is in. It's not over. 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 No, no. It's not over. So, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord give you peace. Thank you for being in the house of God today. We dismiss you now in the name of the Lord. God bless everybody.